0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh.
1: Welcome. I'm so excited to have you back again with me and I just want to alert you To all of the wonderful things that are going on definitely come to the website and get your free subscription to 1111 magazine it is freely gifted to humanity and it is always featuring amazing voices beautiful spirits that have tremendous courage that are willing to walk their walk and Talk. They're talking the world in a way that we can be inspired and motivated and see what change looks like on another human being. My guest today is Temba Spirit, and he was featured in the January-February 1111 11 magazine issue. And you are going to love this story because it just truly is... The depiction of the hero's journey. This is what it's all about. We are here to live our own journeys and embrace every piece of what we call the dark as we move into the light and understand that every step along the way really does bring us from the mystery to the mastery that we are. And it is in walking that path, in talking our talk, in allowing ourselves to have the courage to move forward and be who we're here to be, speaking authentically that we are the master in every moment, even in those seconds where life doesn't always appear the way it should or where we don't always feel as if we are the master, we are still the master walking. Temba's spirit put his life on the line by renouncing his gang affiliation on national television. He has devoted his life to service, spirit, love, and helping others to reclaim their power after an early life that included child abuse, gang violence, drugs, homelessness, depression, and incarceration. Temba underwent an amazing spiritual transformation while behind bars at Rikers Island Prison. with the support and inspiration from AMA, the world-renowned hugging saint from India, not only did Temba fully Forgive himself, he transformed his prison time into a spiritual retreat. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Temba Spirit to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Temba.
2: Greetings, beloved Simron Tins. Thank you so much for having me. This is like a joyous occurrence for me, a literal celebration.
1: (laughs) And isn't isn't that what life is supposed to be? Isn't that we are here to truly celebrate ourselves and the entire journey that got us to every point along the way. And I think that that's probably the biggest lesson and gift that you're bringing to 1111 Talk Radio listeners is that you have an unbelievable journey that really illustrates that sometimes the walk that we have are the steps along the way to bring us to that true life purpose and gift of being the angel on the planet that we're each intended to be.
2: Nice. You know, Simran, I would say that actually it, it is... That's the exact thing that it is. Walking that path brings us to that precious and sacred moment. And, you know, I tell people unequivocally, I consider my journey just as sacred as the Bhagavad Gita, the New Testament, the Old Testament, because it emanated out of consciousness, out of love, my life, my journey, and everybody's did. So as I go into my story in in this journey, I just want to say it's not mine. (laughs) It came out of consciousness. It's love. It's God's. I'm just a servant, and, and your journey is just as sacred. I just want to tell everybody out there that each and every one of us, we went through everything we went through just to get into, into this sacred moment right now. <laughs> That's your evidence unequivocally <laughs> that your steps have been sacred. And, and I've had a journey and a struggle that um, I tell you, like, sometimes my journey fascinates me because I say, wow, what other reason could I be here but Grace. <laughs> It's been a hard it's been a struggle. I was abused as a child uh by my mom, you know, <laughs> kicked out at 12, homeless. This the the typical coming up in the West Side, you know, urban community gangs, you know, the drugs, the drug dealing, a, a liquor store on every corner. And you know what fascinated me in this community more than anything else, believe it or not, was the gang symbolism. <laughs> And I'm going a different direction today. I'm following my heart, but the gang symbolism, a lot of people don't realize that gangs actually uh, are an offspring of the 60s, 50s, and 60s civil rights movement. And some, uh, most of the symbolism in what you would consider gangs or street gangs are actually from ancient mystical cultures. <laughs> my father told me that years ago I used to come home, from school, sixth grade, and just be fascinated by the symbolism. And yes, there was this, this backdrop of pain. And yes, there was this backdrop of being abused. And yes, there was this backdrop of, of of coming up in a very impoverished neighborhood with a lot of depression and violence and alcoholism and addiction. Yes, all those things were there, but there was this spiritual undertone that always stayed with me. For example.
1: Wait before you go any further, Timba, because I want to make sure that people are catching all of the little nuggets along the way, and one of the things that you said that I think really is a a powerful statement that I have felt myself, and actually also written about quite a bit, is that we are each that sacred text,
2: Uh and that the
1: story that we live, and the story from all of its pieces and parts, and its low points, and its high points, are in a sense our own sacred Bible. If we look at the Bible, or we look at any other sacred text, they have those hills and valleys, those depressions and those peaks, and I love how you stated that, that you see your life as a sacred text.
2: Absolutely. You know, I tell people that I've learned to take the crap of my life and turn it into spiritual fertilizer, and now I use it to nurture and nourish the heart of humanity. I tell people any crappy situation can be transmitted, transmuted, transformed, everything that God that emanated out of consciousness has a purpose. <laughs> even if you can't see it, even like some old garbage can in, in a homeless community in New York has a purpose. You may not see it, but eventually love is going to recycle that even back into something beautiful and divine. So my life basically, you know, shot at 15, you know, just, uh, got off into the gangs. Like I said, the symbolism just really intrigued me. And um, that particular lifestyle, just was my rites of passage. You know, that was how the universe, the universe decided to orchestrate that situation for me. I was supposed to go through those schools and learn and, you know, getting shot. You know, I knew I was going to come back in my body. It's amazing because, like I said, there was always this spiritual undertone. I don't want to over-romanticize. It was a lot of pain. It was a lot of hurt. It was a lot of abuse. It was a lot of just making mistakes. But there was always this spiritual undertone of love, this awareness, something that I was always aware of. There's more. There's something else. So when I got shot, when I was 14, 15 years old, I got shot right point-blank range. The guy walked up to me. We were supposed to be going to do a truce by going to shoot somebody else, and he set me up and shot me in the chest. The .22 still lies in my chest, and, um, you know, that situation, I knew even when I blacked out and I lost what they would call, you know, consciousness. There was an awareness that knew I was going to come back in my body, and I wasn't done with that journey. And not only did that that experience happen for me, I was also able to forgive the guy who shot me. We called him like two weeks later. I got out of the hospital. I was in the hospital for about a week and a half, two weeks. They stuck a tube in the side of my lungs, drained the blood out, and decided not to operate on me because it was a 50-50 chance of killing me in the operation. So my parents chose that opt as opposed to the other one. So when I got out, I ended up seeing the guy who shot me right on the corner. And the guys came up to me. I didn't even notice them. The guys, like my my buddies came up to me and said, yo, there's someone so we can get him." And Simron something moved through me. I was scared. The nervousness was there. Mind you, this guy just tried to murder me. I'm two weeks out of a hospital with a bullet in my chest, but something moved, something silent but deep and profound, and destiny just moved and said, go forgive him. Look him in his eyes. Tell him to get out of the neighborhood because they're about to kill you. And that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. And, um, you know, that that taught me that there was – This thing called forgiveness, you know, for me, again, back to the sacred journey and the sacred scripture, that's my Christ on the cross (laughs) situation for those that believe in, you know, that Jesus was crucified and said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That was my experience as a light being becoming more aware of life. See, the shell is still in me. It woke me up. See, awakening is about whatever situation we can become aware of is awakening us, is making us more aware of life, of spirit, of beauty, of forgiveness in this case. And I forgave. And at that point, at 15 years old, I didn't realize it then, but I had inherited a quality that I could share with humanity. That I could tell humanity, you can forgive anything. You can forgive the person who tried to murder you, and you can can do it regardless of what your spiritual status may or may not be. Forgiveness is a universal characteristic and quality that we all can, you know, practice if we choose to. You don't have to be enlightened to forgive. You know, you don't have to be like a prophet or a sage or a swami to forgive. Forgiveness is, is universal. So that experience, was just really profound even to this day like I contemplate and I'm like wow there was something a presence moving in me so, you know, that led me to, I don't know how much more time I have right now to continue. Well, let me
1: stop Let me stop you for a second so that we get into some of these, um, these points that are going to be so important for people to touch on in case they missed. And one of the things that you said was that moment of awareness is an awakening. Mm-hmm. And so many people feel like awakening is this one huge moment that happens where you just know everything. Right. And I think the value in that statement is awakening is a process that happens bit by bit piece by piece we are doing it all of the time when we are allowing ourselves to be present and alert and open to the truth of who we are to really come forward and that sounds like what happened on that day on that corner when your heart opened enough and something inside of you said forgive him and let him know that something else is about to happen because uh, i
2: knew i could break the cycle i had it all in my mind's eye. I saw the whole picture. I said, well, if we get him, they'll come back and get us, and that could potentially set off. Like I said, by the time I was 15, well, actually, I don't even think I mentioned this yet, but by the time I was 15, 16, I had lost 30 childhood friends to brutal gang violence and murder. Literally, like, Mm. Kids that I was in bed with and, like, playing, like, um, hooky with and playing marbles and a lot. I'm talking about before we got, like, really wild and with the gangs, like, kids who were, like, three, four, five, six years old, you know, just in the neighborhood getting into trouble, you know, just like the little rascals or something. That's just how we were, too. But I lost maybe at least a fourth of those buddies by the time I was 15, you know, so
1: my done. guest today, I'm going to interrupt you right there, Timba, for a commercial break. My guest today is Timba Spirit, and he has had an amazing journey of love, which led him to join in with a, an array of famous book authors, transformational personalities, spiritual leaders, and celebrities. In 2007, he was discovered by Janet Atwood and Chris Atwood, the New York Times bestselling authors of The Passion Test. And then he shared the stage also with Byron Katie, who speaks about loving what is, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield, both from Chicken Soup of the Soul, Deborah Poneman, the founder of the Yes to Success seminars, and Michael Beckwith, featured in The Secret. Marshy Simoff, who sold over 14 million self-help books, says of Temba, Temba has been a great inspiration to me, as he is a wonderful role model of service and love towards others. In fact, I respect Temba Spirit so much that I interviewed him for my book, Love for No Reason. You can find out more about Temba Spirit at TembaSpirit.com. That's T-E-M-B-A-S-P-I-R-I-T.com. And you can also look him up on Facebook. We'll be right back with more Temba Spirit
0: find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn have you seen 1111? do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh.
1: Before we get back to our guest, I definitely want you to take a peek at 1111 Magazine. If you're not familiar with it... This is my gift of creation to humanity, along with all of the shows on 1111 Talk Radio, which are free to you and archived. 1111 Magazine can be found at 1111mag.com, and you can register for your free lifetime subscription. There are some amazing articles in this month's issue, and a lot of it has to do with the masculine, unfolding the heart in the masculine and bringing that feminine side, that more emotional and beautiful side that men oftentimes do not allow themselves to nurture. We each have both the masculine and the feminine and when we get out of our harsh nature our strong nature our need to protect our need to save and our need to be strong and we open to that vulnerable side of us that is really the essence of the divine within us asking us to awaken we are able to actually live more powerfully than we have by force so definitely tap into this month's issue of 1111 magazine again that's at 1111mag.com and while you're there you can also look up the matrix coaching program it is a a very comprehensive program that I create to really support you in unfolding and awakening the vision that you have for yourself and your life. My guest today is Temba Spirit, and he has had a life that has included gang affiliation and violence, drugs, homelessness, depression, and incarceration. But he went through a spiritual transformation while behind bars. And with the support and inspiration from Amma, a world-renowned hugging saint from India, not only did he fully forgive himself and others, he has transformed that prison time into a spiritual retreat, and he is now living his life on purpose, helping other people learn how to reclaim their innocence, how to learn to forgive, and how to allow themselves to see themselves as a sacred text and journey that they are. Welcome back, Timba. I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, go back to a little bit about the whole gang symbolism because so often what we're going through in our lives, it shows up in a certain way to really teach us. And you talk about that moment of realizing that forgiveness had to be given and being able to see everything in that point. Did you fall back into your patterns at that point? Did the incarceration happen after that or was that before? And talk a little bit about the struggle between light and dark within oneself in those moments of awakening and yet dark night of the soul.
2: Absolutely. Um, thanks for that lead, Simran. Um, you know, the, I tell you, it's. I went to prison years later. When I got shot and was in the gangs, I was like between the ages of like maybe 12 and 18, 19, up into my early 20s. And um, I just want to just conclude the last point before I swing into the light and the darkness piece. And the other point you uh, referenced, you know, I was I was talking about before we went to break how I lost 30 friends by the time I was like 15, 16. And I tell you, like, they started popping up into my dreams. And when they started popping up into my dreams, I started contemplating when I would awaken, I would say, if they're still in my dreams, they're not dead. <laughs> I said, they, they're in me. <laughs> If I'm, like, if they're talking to me and come to me, so this is how I began to heal, you know, my process. Like, this was years later for maybe, like, three, four years. My heart was just numb. But love thought it out. But when I started having dreams with these guys, I said, no, they still live. <laughs> and literally to this day, I see them as not ever having died. But, you know, we philosophically say things don't die. They just transform. There's no such thing as death. But that's my actual experience with my friends on the streets that I lost. For me, they're literally still alive. Not figuratively, not symbolically, not metaphorically, not philosophically. They're literally still alive. Um, You know, as far as the light and the darkness, well, that was another point you had made. You were saying about uh, to speak, oh, the symbolism. Yeah, that's so powerful, and people really... Need to hear that to heal. As far as gangs are concerned, you know the gang thing is huge now. As far as cable television is concerned, you know I came to find out by watching TV a little bit that I'm I'm about the most marketable thing in the U.S. for the prison system and gangs. But at any rate, so I would come home, Simran. And see these gang symbols, six-pointed star, which goes back to the star of David and the ancient Israelites and the Hebrews. And I, I, I probably don't have time to go into how deep that point is in referencing to Chicago and gangs and stuff like that. But the symbolism just intrigued me. And I, I, my father told me when I was about 15, 16, he said, he said Timba, um, you know, the gang symbolism and the gangs actually came out of the Bible and ancient cultures. And I started, that was what actually, when I ended up finding out about four or five years later, there was a book I read, and it showed me this ancient symbolism as from mystical societies and Hebrews and Atlantis and and Moon, Lemuria, and all these just profound places that I was just, my DNA packets just exploded. And that's actually what gave me the power or the, the choice or the the realization that I had the choice. I renounced my gang affiliation overnight, <laughs> but I was still hanging out into the lifestyle. But when I was maybe like 21, I read this book and it showed me that all, all, it was, everything that happened was happening for a divine purpose. Even from, from the first record that I heard when my father brought me home from the hospital, which is A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. I became a Supreme Gangster as a gang member, and now I'm on the path to be become more of a Supreme Being that I am. And you may want to get in right there
1: well i I would like to go back to the symbolism of of gangs in and and how that has come through some of the different spiritual traditions as as a symbol, but it's also a symbol to us as humanity as to what we're carrying for for gangs to show up and perform and act in the way that they do. What do you see as being humanity's part on their inner landscape for that to show up in their outside world? What is it that, is it anger? Is it, is it violence? What, what is it that, that fuels the vision that a gang has so that people can start to recognize what part of that is inside of them to be able to even create that in the consciousness of our society?
2: Yeah, I want to, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, that's a, per- oh man, you keep bringing up the, the points that I love to talk about. This is so wonderful. Um, here it is, Simran. This is the simple answer it's not their consciousness, it's not what they're creating. That's, that's such an oversight on us conscious beings, and I'm going to tell you why. We're a collective body of consciousness. What they're doing, you're doing. What you're doing, they're doing. And I just got, like, these really uh, vibrations, like my, my seventh chakra is just exploding right now, just affirming that. But it's not just what they're doing. If anything, they're a reflection of a culture that was already in play. And that's the reality of it. Like, for example, gangs uh, oftentimes imitate, um, like, Al Capone or gangsters, you know, m- mafia personalities from, like, the 30s, 40s, 50s, etc., so it 's like basically the gun culture that that seeps in where these communities don 't just create guns all of a sudden <laughs> these These are layers of realities that are being created together. <laughs> You know, the black market gun trade, the black market, market drug trade. It always interests me that people never just want to look at that, those simple realities, that there's multiple layers of crime and consciousness keeping that mind state. It's really just, see, if you took out American conscious culture, the violence of America, period, just to be honest, if you snatched that out, the gangs would be perfect. They would just be some young, young people getting together. You take the guns out, you take the drugs out, you take America with the dream and the mythology and the illusion of American dream outside of you. We know that it's all about looking within and expanding outward, not the other way around. So basically, it's not the gangs. It's, it's a, this, this is the same thing I tell people about the prison system. America has the largest prison system in the, in the history of the world right now. Three million human beings are incarcerated, most of them for nonviolent crimes or drug offenses or alcohol or something like that. Like that's something that should be, you know, a person, a human being should place them, maybe in a place of transformation, not necessarily a, a cell. <laughs> but what I tell people is that it's high time for us to stop scapegoating the people behind bars. Oh, they, no, they're the Trump. No, that, that's a reflection of American consciousness and, and a reflection of the world consciousness. We're one. See, it's time for us to start looking at things as a collective body so we can transform them together. See, when we have this myth that says, oh, the gang's people over here and the people incarcerated over here, that's an illusion. That's the Maya. The reality is we're all one, creating what we're creating together. This is what Eckhart Tolle was talking about in The Power of Now, and his other texts. He, he talks about the collective ego and the, you know, individual ego. And we definitely, there's an ego that promotes violence. Just look at the history, and then look at of, of the shores of North America, and then look at gangs. And actually, I see they're just an offspring of an ongoing violent culture. I mean, from slavery, all you know, I'm just being honest and real about it. So that particular thread of consciousness or unconsciousness um, has been present long before. And the reason I point this out, because the other argument is easy to see. The old paradigm is, oh, the gangs, the people incarcerated, the addicts, the homeless people. No, the new paradigm is, oh, me, one with me, <laughs> oneness, all of us together. And 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 stop putting up these, you know, when we can become aware of it, these kind of like chasms, these you know co-created chasms that we all agree with, and these paradigms that we agree. With. Now is the time to look at new paradigms where those situations are concerned because we they don't have enough power. Just on their own To make the change The change has to come For all of us To understand That we are one This is why I point out The point about The gang symbolism Being from ancient Mystical cultures The six pointed star Which you know co- you know, Corresponds with the, the chakras And the star The Hebrew star And you know The symbolism goes On and on and on But the reason I point that out Because I'm trying To make a connection I'm saying that They're seekers Just like everybody else It's just that People can't get past the violence and the death rate and all these other things and the, what the media portrays about them. But if you talk to one of them, have a conversation with them, and actually, hey, what does that symbol mean? You'd be mind-blown to find out it, it it has a lot of uh, connection with the symbolism and this great day of awakening that we're in now, the I am, for example. And after I make this point, it's, it's, you know, you got the floor, but the I am. I learned the I am principle As a black gangster disciple when I was 15 to 16 years old, because they took one of the prayers of the black gangster disciple gang or organization was the conversation that Moses had with Yahweh Elohim in the book of Exodus where, you know, Moses was like, who am I? And, you know, consciousness said, I am that I am. That's who you are. And, and Moses woke up and, you know, but I learned that particular I am principle that we all love to chant and to utilize where spiritual practice is, con- is concerned and affirmations, etc. I learned that in gangs.
1: So where is your paradigm? Where is it that you are living out the old paradigms of society, the old paradigms of consciousness? Or are you willing to see what's out there in a new way? Where is your judgment? What are your thoughts about gangs? And can you see that inside of yourself? These are all questions to ponder, as is everything that surrounds us. My guest today is Temba Spirit, and he is portraying his amazing journey, his own sacred text story to us so that we can understand that all of life has its own sacred and is a path to our divine unfolding. And it is not what happens to us, but how we choose to use and view what happens to us that really makes the difference. You can connect with him at TembaSpirit.com. That's T-E-M-B-A-S-P-I-R-I-T.com. You can also connect with him on Facebook. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about his story, get into some of the music that he creates, transformational hip-hop, and talk about how he was led to meet so many amazing transformational leaders and authors in his own right we'll be right back with Temba Spirit
0: the future of online TV is here
2: view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else visit voiceamerica.tv today
0: 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: We've been speaking with Temba Spirit, who has had an amazing journey through child abuse, gang violence, drugs, homelessness, depression, and incarceration. But yet he underwent a spiritual transformation that is now leading him to live a different sort of life. It is an opportunity for him to now be the example through his actions that love was inside of everyone, including him, and that there's nothing that we can do to change that, no matter how heinous our crimes are. Now, over a decade later, the program he started for men... The circle of love inside has spread all over the U.S. and has become one of the most successful prison outreaches of our time. In the last segment, we spoke about gang symbolism, and we spoke about how we view so many things that are happening on the outside of us in our world, but yet we often can get into a place of judgment around it rather than allowing ourselves to see that these are pieces and parts of us. Where is it that we are in the fear? Where is it that we are in the anger? Where is it that we are in the place of feeling not seen that we have to make a Ourselves appear so seen. But then also, what are the positive things that we can also see in these places? There is a community there. There is a loyalty there. There is a love of the brothers that are connected to there. There is also a sense of rebellion, which in our day and time right now, rebellion is not a bad thing if you are fighting for a worthy cause. If your rebellion is for the greater good and the changing of paradigms, all of a sudden it is each and every one of our own responsibility to be that rebel, but to be the rebel for love instead. So, Timba, I'd like to welcome you back. And what I would like to go into as we continue is a little bit more now of where you went from that situation to end up in incarceration because you speak with so much consciousness and you, you sound as if you were having a lot of aha moments and awakenings and really being able to see things that were going on, yet so often in our lives, we start to see those bits of light and we start to see the dots that are connecting and we start to follow that path, but something then steers us off again. Is that what happened that landed you in prison?
2: They say that uh love is ruthless to its true devotees, you know, and love has been ruthless to me in a very beautiful way, but you know this is maybe in my twenties I was talking about the last segment um but by the time I ended up incarcerated maybe years later in New York City, you know, after like having a few ups and downs, but kind of finding my way a little bit, but then. You know, I'm giving a long story short. People can get more details and um, upcoming texts that will be released. But, you know, just the typical ups and downs that carried over from the street, but going to college a little bit, but not finishing college. I went to like a semester of college um, when I got to New York. And really, my parents sent me to New York because they were just trying to save my life. At this point, I was just like, I was so wild. I was uncontrollable with the just – not caring about getting into fights and getting high and just just living really just hurt, you know, the embodiment of pain. But at the same time, you know, again, knowing that there's something else and, you know, but being crushed at the same time, you know, like reaching up and being crushed at the same time. But my uncle suggested that I, I go to New York, and I went to New York, and I met some wonderful people, you know, just some really powerful people, actually. I met Richard Green, who is the person who stopped the riots between the blacks and the Jews in Crown Heights they made a movie about him uh Mario Van Peebles played him um and yeah he, they featured him in that movie because I mean it's a it's a pretty powerful testimony to to be able to declare that you stopped the riots between two group, cultural groups of people and that's exactly what happened well when I went to New York all of a sudden I got like dumped into this mystical Cultural society right in the hood (laughs) So I went from experiencing this symbolism that was deep in the gangs and being shot up all the other things that are You know constantly waking me up Um, when I got to New York everything I was studying about I Ended up experiencing literally I you know went into this school my uncle my father's twin They started this school in Crown Heights, maybe uh, 30 40 years ago a home school and they brought all the mystical symbolism right into the hood. And the school just started attracting other children. And it, by the time I got there, there was about 100 students there. So I literally, when I, when I went to New York, I got catapulted into this mystical embodiment of ancient culture, right-smacking, crown. Heights, like the the hugest Rastafarian community in North America, just wow, you know, Bloods and grips and hip hoppers and just Hasidic Jews and a whole bunch of crazy energy and you know, uh, drugs and prostitution, all those things. The right smack in the midst of it is literally this ancient Atlantis. This
1: so how did you get? How did you get from that place? where you were experiencing all this mysticism and all of this uh, amazing information that one would think would take them more towards enlightenment or the light, how did you end up in prison?
2: Well, here's, here's the piece, um, and thanks for asking that question because you've asked it like maybe twice another way, and we're going there. It's just it's important for me to kind of responsibly try, you know, do my best to kind of give it what my heart is saying and go with the information. But, yeah, so at any rate, I was still moving towards the light. That's my point. You know, the, 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 at the same time, I was still participating in some unhealthy behaviors that had carried over uh, with me from Chicago, still hanging out getting high, still hanging out hustling, you know, with guys on the street and stuff like that to, to try to make a, a few extra bucks. And basically – did something really silly ended up going into uh during the day I did what they call a, a burglary went into somebody's house and I went into the house and something told me to leave like so it was you know during the day I was in the house there was nobody there something told me to leave ended up I left my prints on the window even when when I left and Police had had my prints from Chicago when I was a juvenile and had gotten into some legal trouble, and they actually came and picked me up, and boom, that was like a, my my charge in New York. It was uh, considered a nonviolent crime because they weren't home. So basically, I ended up off of that. They they issued uh, court dates for me. They actually let me go because I issued a statement saying that I I did it. I was in the house, and they let me go that same day, actually, and uh the place they were sending the mail to to tell me they they were gonna change the court date, I didn't get that mail. So they issued a warrant. Next thing you know, I'm in Rikers Island and and I'm and I'm I'm like just disgusted with myself and just and just like man, just really like, wow, how did I get here in this situation I'm in New York Doing halfway good, and now I'm back locked up. Like you said, how did I go from the light to the darkness? But the bottom line is, even in experiencing all of these things, my journey was just what my journey was. You know, still hanging out, hustling, still hanging out, getting hot. Even though, you know, I was like transforming, and even though I was becoming more conscious and more aware of who I really am. Those old habits, you know, still were part of my character, you know. So it's like basically it was a waning off period. My situation in New York uh, may have appeared from the surface perspective to be maybe worse or moving towards the darkness, but in actuality, if you see me in Chicago, you might have said, oh, wow, he's changing. (laughs) He's still doing some, you know, stuff that he shouldn't be doing, but he's changing. And you know, and it is, it's, the
1: difference, it's the difference between learning it and living it because so many people oftentimes think that they can read it or they can speak it, but unless you integrate it in every aspect of your life, unless you've got the whole right word, right thought, right action completely in alignment, life is going to show you how out of alignment you are through the experiences that you have.
2: I, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. I will also say that, you know, that that's a, a, a really big trait uh just it's, there's almost like okay right moment, right this, but really all we have is this moment right here <laughs> with this now, so that I appreciate your point, and I get the essence of it at the same time, you know, I think it's also vulnerable for humanity to say, you know, and we fall short from time to time too, and those moments are just as divine, and we don 't have to be so like um we don't have to be so, like, rigid with ourselves, but at the same time be disciplined about having a structured life and a, and a, a life that's alignment with talking to talk and walking the walk. At the same time, we have to allow, like, the kindness with ourselves to say, okay, made a mistake, but, you know, or whatever. But, you know, a lot of people don't like to affirm the mistake, whatever word works for you. But I also think that we should be gentle and kind to ourselves, um, where that situation is concerned, because, you know, we're human. We're spiritual beings in these human bodies. But, so at any rate, so I'm I'm on Rikers now. And Rikers is, like, basically (laughs) Rikers Island. Just like the TV shows say, just off the chain, crazy, wild. I'm seeing hip-hop stars, and I'm seeing, like, gang members, and I'm seeing, like, you know, just everybody, an array of a whole bunch. It's New York, so it's the melting pot. And, man, I go downstairs uh, to the yard, to go out to the prison yard and just kind of like exercise or do something. But I ended up that day, I went all by myself. Nobody else went with me. And the sun, I I was on this bench outside just contemplating. I was like, man, how did I get here again? Just depressed and, you know, barely just awakening. And, you know, I mean, literally wake, awakening, not awakening into consciousness, but waking up, period, from the physical plane to, you know, from the dream world to, the physical plane, just the regular awareness. And the sun hit me and I remembered actually I'm jumping the gun because I didn't talk about man that I met Amma even before I got incarcerated. Wow. <laughs> so but I can I can put that I can spin that into it. So I remembered this woman who I had went to see named Amma and, you know, just Her life journey was just so parallel to mine in terms of having been abused. You know, she experienced prejudice and racism, you know, because of her skin tone and just you know the suffering and the, the the child abuse and the homelessness, all these things before her being an avatar and an in incarnation, according to many many people, um, just her story, the 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 pain. And so, man, I really I I really love the way, like you said, she went into the state of you know responsibility and walking the walk and talking the talk. The difference is when she got her her moment of aha. <laughs> It was, like, perfect up until that point, and then it continued into perfection. With me, my situation was a little different. At the same time, you know, you know, through God's grace, I got it right now. So that's the wonderful thing about it. But so I remember Amma, and I was in the prison yard, and I just started crying to her. And I was like, after all of my crap, somebody still loves me. Came all the way from India just to hug me. Amazing grace, a wretch like me. Could be loved so much, so it just can't be. Ooh, now, i am going please don't go. And I just started crying. I,
1: mm. just,
2: I just started bawling. And I mean, I remember the, the touch of this woman and the message of this woman and the life of this woman. And, you know, I, I'm going to tell you something, D, too. Two two months before... i'm going to let you
1: I'm gonna let you stop right there because we need to take a commercial break and i'm going to let you share that message when we come back I am with Temba Spirit and he is speaking about his journey through a lot of hardship in his life but how the light kept leading him how little nuggets of light kept showing up in his world and how his own will to change and grow and be more continued that process the divine exists within us and is always there waiting for us to awaken to it it is not waiting for us to find it it is waiting for us to awaken to it you you can find out more at tembaspirit.com, and you can also connect with him on Facebook. He is a transformational hip hopist, and he also has an upcoming book that will be released um, in the near future. And so I'd like to uh, have you connect with him in either of those places so that you can follow his journey and what's going to be happening with him. We'll be right back with Temba Spirit.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, 444. Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Tamba Spirit put his life on the line by renouncing his gang affiliation on national television. He has devoted his life to service, spirit, love, and helping others to reclaim their power, to reclaim their innocence. In the last segment, we talked about how his moment in the yard at Rikers Island Prison led to a memory of Amma, who is a hugging saint from India, and how that led to to him opening up his heart and unleashing a song in that moment as a prayer, as a call, as a desire for the light within to truly shine. So, Timba, in that moment when that song came forward, tell me what the real message was there that you remembered that Alma brought to, to the planet or to you that really helped you then shift into the next phase of your experience.
2: That love is absolutely changeless. That the principle of love is boundless, just like they say, and that there's, it's an undef, you know, it's an invincible power, and no matter what or where or how, successes or failures, we're always loved. <laughs> you know, oftentimes we we want to affirm, I am loved, I am loved rather, but a lot of times we have to put that D on it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, I went upstairs. I, I can sum this up in about a minute. Went upstairs, you know, forgave myself and actually pretended like I was Ama for the next <laughs> amount of time I was there. And people, the hardest guys started gravitating towards me, began a meditation movement. It was it was imperial, and it's actually documented. It's on the Internet. You can actually Google Ama and T-H-E-M-B-A-K-E-L-L-E-Y to get that story and details. But Ama in my name, we'll try Ama and Timber Spirit, but it ended up being this wonderful experience, and I got out and vowed to the guys that I left behind that I would write them. So I began writing letters. And during the time I was locked up, Amma Swami, Swami Dayanrita, was in contact with me via the phone. And I had so many people writing me, you know, and I was going on prison visits, you know. It was so wonderful. I had to reach out to Amma's organization for help. And so, for six months, I trained this woman by the name of IKEA Param, and told her the ins and outs from the other side. And we kind of worked out a program, and just spontaneously, Circle of Love inside explained forth. And now it's one of the, you know, the the most expanded programs, you know, as far as, you know, Eastern philosophy and universal consciousness is concerned, it's, man, it's, it's wonderful. i even wrote a letter that she gave me personally that we send out to all the people incarcerated. But it's, so that attracted uh, Janet and Chris Atwood, the New York Times bestselling book authors of the book, The Passion Test. And they actually heard about my story, came and sought me out. Next thing you know, long story short, this is all in my book. And, um, but long story short, Next thing you know, I was on a tour with the just spontaneously having the intention to serve others, to take my situation and not complain about it and not pour me. But in that prison cell, I started crying for others. Mm. I, I started crying, and my, my prayer began. If my prayer to God consciousness was, take it all away, but please don't take away my ability to serve. Mm. was I was literally the only thing I prayed for myself, and the rest of the time, I literally cried devotional tears. There's no less experience of anything you heard in any ancient text. For sixth grade, I was blissed out. And that, you know, that gave me visions. It was like my own vision quest. And I just pursued everything I saw in the vision. And, and that selfless thought and that thought of innocence, which leads us into the book, I started learning that innocence, and the consciousness of innocence, and just saying, "Help me, I'm your child." Just reaching out in that vulnerability, and speaking that way, and, and affirming your little littleness, so you can reconnect with your hugeness, your impetus. timba.
1: Timba, when when you had the article in Eleven Eleven magazine, it was so much about reconnecting to our baby pictures, to that innocence, to seeing ourselves as that again. Why is that so important, and, and, and how can that really support individuals? Because I do think many of us have forgotten who we were in that six-month stage, one-year, two-year, five-year, ten-year-old, what the dreams were, what the heart felt like, what, what we wanted, how we were. Talk about your philosophy as to why that baby picture is such an essential part to our healing and our wholeness.
2: You know, we oftentimes, Simran, we look out at the world and we say, oh, look at that beautiful baby, or look at Mother Nature, or look at that painting, and we say we affirm its beauty, but then we look right in the mirror and say, look at us, oh, I need to change this, I need to do this, I need to fix it, you know, whatever, et cetera. We take ourselves to this story. So what the baby picture does, the baby picture says, oh, wow, look at that adorable being, but because it's you, you have no choice but to bring that awareness back to you and say, oh, that's coming from me. So not only am I looking out and seeing innocence, and beauty, and love, I'm actually the awareness that's actually seeing it in the first place, so to bring it back, and it grounds you in the moment, and it helps you to begin the process of reclaiming your innocence, and I've come to discover that really, the undertone conscious piece that attracted everything in my life, if I gave it to a technique, it would be me becoming a child again through all my experiences, having that Thisness of universal mothers say, "Wow, you're my child," and just from that moment on. Just relentlessly pouring out my heart to everybody and connecting with everybody I meet. That's the sum, you know, in, a, in a, a quick nutshell in terms of reclaiming your innocence. It's something that you are already. That's why we say reclaim. It's something that you've experienced already. Jesus said, unless you become like children, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. What Timber Spirit says 2,000 plus years later, unless you reclaim your innocence, you won't experience the fullness of your love.
1: Wow. My guest today has been Temba Spirit, and he put his life on the line by renouncing his gang affiliation. His early life included child abuse, gang violence, drugs, homelessness, depression, and incarceration, but his amazing spiritual transformation while behind bars. With the support and inspiration from Amma, the world-renowned hugging saint from India, not only did Temba fully forgive himself, he transformed his prison time into a spiritual retreat. He initiated a meditation program, distributed spiritual books, and did all he could to help the hurting men who were incarcerated with him to reawaken their spiritual innocence, showing them by example and through his actions that love was inside of them and that there's nothing that they could do to change that, no matter how heinous their crimes. Now, over a decade later, the program he started for these men, the circle of love inside, has spread all over the United States and has become one of the most successful prison outreaches of our time. Temba's amazing journey of love has led him to join with an array of famous book authors, transformational personalities, spiritual leaders, and celebrities. You can connect with him at tembaspirit.com. That's tembaspirit.com. And I urge you to do so. My guest next week is Sally Kempson, and we're going to be talking about the Hindu pantheon and the many goddesses that we can invoke and utilize their energy and their power to also initiate our own. Thank you, Temba, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It has been indeed a great pleasure. And an honor to have you here I enjoy your story story, and I wish you many blessings until next time I'm Simran Singh be well
0: thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network remember shift happens